0: such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report vaccine report update from our international experts, Dr. Mike Yeadon, Dr. Jonathan Gilthorpe. Dr. Eden is in the UK, Dr. Gilthorpe in Sweden, and Hedley Reese, the pharmaceutical manufacturing and distribution quality control expert, has blockbuster information to share with us today. So let's get rolling. This is Dr. Lee for America with Truth for Health Foundation's Whistleblower Report, and all of us have witnessed The greed of the pharmaceutical industry over recent years where profit has been the driving force overtaking consideration of risk, safety, effectiveness, and quality oversight. And that has been spurred on by what we call regulatory capture with the regulatory agencies in the United States, the FDA, CDC. And overseas in Europe, the European Medicines Association and others that have been captured by big pharma through fees and payoffs. In fact, if you look at the FDA budget in the United States, the last figures I've seen are that something that 60 to 75 percent of the FDA budget comes from big pharma. Fees that are paid to the FDA and if you look at the pattern it's been a revolving door of FDA directors then going on to big roles with big pharma at big dollars or they come from big pharma and are appointed to a role at the FDA and then go back to big pharma that was the case with several in recent years. And so the revolving door and the incestuous relationship between big pharma and the regulatory agencies have led to severe, severe and devastating safety violations, compromising clinical trial design and and conducting the trials properly, as well as just total collapse of quality oversight and good manufacturing practices, which Headley Reese is going to speak to. In addition, Bill Gates, the college dropout, who is a control freak and doesn't understand medicines, viruses, or people, and in fact has no medical background whatsoever is giving interviews boasting that his vaccines haven't worked very well, but this these vaccines have been the most profitable investments of his career. That is pretty chilling. And Hedley Reese is going to speak to that. So with that oversight of our program today, and then we're going to hear from, in the second half, Dr. Yeadon is going to be talking about from Rio 1992 to digital prison, and that reality gets closer every day, and Dr. Gilthorpe is going to give us the perspective from Sweden on all of these issues we're discussing today. So welcome to our guest, and Headley, we'll start with you. So take it away. Tell us what's been happening in the UK and some of the conferences you've been to and some of the work you're doing now.
1: Uh, hi, Dr. Leah. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here again. You're doing phenomenal work. Um, I, I want to start off by helping people sort of being able to do a bit of work for themselves to trace what's been um, been going on. Uh, the, the, I'm going to talk about the the MHRA in the UK, which is the regulatory body equivalent to the FDA, well, it was equivalent to the FDA, but it's actually changed its status now to a sovereign agency rather than a cognate authority. Uh, I'll say a bit more about that later. Um, but to give you some background, in, in 1995, the whole of drug evaluation was centralised in the European Medicines Agency. So, um, the people who worked at uh, the MHRA, uh, who evaluate evaluating drugs, moved to that agency. So ever since 1995, the MHRA has not evaluated drugs, so they don't have the skills to do that. And yet, they, they were the first um, body to approve the Pfizer jabs. So you have to, you have to ask yourself the question, where did they have the skills to be able to do that? And um, the answer is they didn't have the skills. So you know we we're all asking how did these regulators actually manage to pass these jobs? So so that's the first point. Uh, MHRA can't e- evaluate um, drugs. The other thing I want to do is just walk through how the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have been working on this for a very long time. So uh, in 2005, I became an independent consultant, uh, left permanent employment in the pharmaceutical industry, and a colleague of mine went to work for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation on the malaria project. Um, And I thought at the time, this is wonderful. We've got a, a philanthropist who's actually going to you know, make changes in the industry and do all this good stuff and spend the money for good causes, et cetera. (laughs) I I know now I was in Cloud Cuckoo land um, then. So, but but that's where Gates started to cut his teeth in Africa in vaccines. Um, And in 2011, he employed someone called Trevor Mundell as president of global health. Now, Trevor Mandel at the time, had been the head of drug development for Novartis. Novartis is one of the biggest um, pharmaceutical companies in the world, based in Switzerland. And um, I've traced back through his um, work at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And if you just go into the, the website and Google his uh, and you'll find him on there, and uh, he's got numbers of blogs where he is advocating um, mRNA vaccines, COVID, you know, vaccines for, 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 for COVID. Um, one of his quotes is Early in this century, two other coronavirus epidemics, SARS and MERS, demonstrated pandemic potential with COVID 19. There were worrisome indications early on about this pandemic potential given the fact that it, it is highly transmissible. Well, history has told us it wasn't highly transmissible, as we all know now. So why was he saying that? Okay, so we've got Trevor Mundell from Big Pharma, from a very big pharma company who's been working over 10 years um, for Bill and Melander Gates and then we've got Ian Hudson, who uh, was the, the chief executive officer of the MHRA until 2019, but in 2016, he set up a duplicate global regulatory body called the International Coalition of Medicine's Regulatory Authorities, the ICMRA. Now, you can Google that, and you see they have hugely strong links with the World Health Organization. Um, Hudson was the first chair of that uh, that coalition organisation. The next chair was uh, the, the the chief executive of the European Medicines Agency, and the current chair is Mrs. M, Ms. Emma Emma Cook, who is also the head of the European Medicines Agency, who also spent numbers of years at the World Health Organization. So I'm sure you'll understand this is becoming a a real web, a real mix of um, of things happening behind the scenes. And from my observations, this International Coalition of Medicine's Regulatory Authorities, its membership covers all the country regulators all over the world. So the FDA, MHRA, um, the, the Anvisa, Brazil, they, they they're all in there, so it seems to me, and I think it's for them to prove me wrong rather than me to give the evidence. Uh, it seems to me that they have uh, collaborated together to form one global body that's been that that's been able to hollow out the likes of the FDA, the European Medicines Agency, basically by setting up this duplicate body and the influence of the World Health Organization. And um, Jonathan's on here today. He he uh, led me the word. Uh, uh, the, the MHRA in the UK is the test bed for global rollout of vaccines, and um, absolutely, the UK is the test bed for mRNA vaccines of all flavors and all types.
0: Um, and aren't they also working as rapidly as possible? to roll out gene therapy, mRNA platforms for all vaccines now.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday of, of, of this week just gone by, um, uh, Peter Marks, who, who basically at FDA, he's, he's accountable for the approval of vaccines. He was at a conference in London called Advanced Therapies 2023 which had hundreds of pharmaceutical companies stake you know all people involved in benefiting from the sale of these drugs and he was there for two days with them and and that is unheard of uh, you can sort of you can google that if you google advanced therapies 2023 in london you can see peter marks is a is a keynote speaker and um, other keynote speakers But I I can guarantee you none of them have got a clue about how to develop and manufacture uh, these vaccines.
0: (laughs) Well, Headley, for our listeners who don't know who Peter Marks is, explain the significance of what you just said, that Peter Marks was there for two full days.
1: Yeah, well, Peter Marks is the equivalent of Janet Woodcock, who was head of CEDA, the Centre for Drug uh, Evaluation and Research. Peter Marks is in charge of the Center for Biological, Biologics Evaluation and Research. So these vaccines are biologics. So he is, is, should be policing the whole of all the activities with the development and approval of the vaccines, these um, mRNA vaccines and the virus vaccines. So he should be standing at arm's length from these companies who are looking to develop these products because they potentially are looking to make billions of dollars if they get the thumbs up from Peter Marks at the FDA. So, uh, and certainly uh, I I mentioned that Janet Woodcock because she's been at the agency for 20 odd years. She took a lot of um, criticism over the, the opioid crisis, but actually, by the time that opioid crisis occurred, the industry was just working on its own. You know that they had gone rogue. So, and it looks to me as if um, Peter Marks going along to this conference and rubbing shoulders with all these companies is not good for patient safety, who should be the first priority. Um, so, does that help, Dr. Lee?
0: Yes, very much. I just wanted people to understand the significance of what you were saying.
1: Yeah, and there's one in 2024, exactly the same one uh, that's been set up for next year. And the the number of conferences that are now going on in the industry on MRNA, you would not believe, but the UK is the centre every time. So and what i know about the mhra is that the uk government is is 110% behind what the mhra are doing bill gates has met the prime minister he's met the um so many politicians in um in the uk and you know andrew Bridger now is 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 an mp who's standing up uh, for for um, the vaccine injured, and he's being vilified, by um, and ignored by uh, the the UK government and Parliament, and he's having a very difficult time, and you know that's because these MPs, they uh, Andrew Mitchell on Twitter, he's <laughs> he's been photographed with Bill Gates. In numbers of, you know, and all the first ministers in the UK have been uh, photographed with him with his cheeky smile on his face. So, you know, the point I want to make here with you today is that look at the UK. Look at what's going on in the UK because that's where Bill Gates has made an entry to form this global pharmaceutical company and the MHA is looking at Charging all its services, and you know, be- becoming an enabler, as we know. So I-, I just want to help people understand. If if you look at what's going on in the UK, there's stuff going on in the US as well, obviously, and that's important on the legislation. But if you want to join up the dots and really see how these things are all linked together, <laughs> I should say, Dr. Lee, my my um inside pharma substack. Has got 14 months of all this documented evidence in there. Uh, everything I say is based on facts and evidence that I, you know, I've, I, I've got. So, if anyone really wants to continue to follow what's going to come, I think next week I'm still researching the symposium that I was on last week. But I think next week this is going to start to, to come out and people will begin to realize the scale of what's been going on.
0: Well, I'm really glad to continue to recommend your substack. And we do have a link to that on our website and in our blast emails and on the whistleblower report. And, Hedley, I want to emphasize something you just said. You said the UK is where Bill Gates has made a major entry. I I would um, actually say that as a physician, perhaps a little more strongly, he has made the biggest inroads in the UK into controlling the regulatory agencies and big pharma on all of these vaccines that are not really traditional vaccines and in covering up the risk. I, I think it is the enormity of Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and Bill Gates' influence that, that has really led to the destruction of and disintegration of the pharmaceutical industry's regulatory oversight and good manufacturing practices in the UK. Am I saying it too strongly?
1: No, absolutely spot on, Dr. Lee. And the other thing, of course, is the UK has got the National Health Service, so all that genetic data, it's all about harvesting patient data to feed into drug development. That I, I, I didn't come up with that. so I forget who told me that. But the one thing that's unique about the UK is that we have a health health service that's free at the point of care. So access to their data is, you know, up for grabs. And the other thing that um, you know there's privatization going on in the uk behind the scenes well not behind the scenes it's 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 overt and part of it is also privatizing um the regulatory part of the regulatory process i, I mean it, it's um as i say i'm still next week i'll have more evidence on this but um it's becoming pretty obvious that um Bill Gates and Microsoft as as well seem to be sort of...
0: um, Well, explain how Bill Gates and Microsoft are using Microsoft Teams and artificial intelligence to harvest data. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I find that really chilling. This is supposed to be private medical data that the patients don't even know is being harvested by Microsoft.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can't say too much on that, Dr. Lee, be, I, I, because I'm still writing up my final report and I want uh, to be certain I've got my facts right. But what I would say is that I don't think Bill Gates has really left Microsoft. <laughs> and th- there's so many in healthcare, there's so many potential computer applications that are out there at the moment um, artificial intelligence that there could be a market, if you like. And um, so that's, uh, I, I think, um, for the, the listeners here, they would be well uh, uh, um, uh, advised to sort of understand the dynamic of what's going on here. Once you you've got one entry point, because the UK is we've had gsk all these years we've you know we've got a history in pharmaceuticals so if you make an entry into the uk you can then and then you go to europe then you go to the rest of the world and you know it's like a, a well-oiled plan so i'll be able to say more about that next time uh, um in the meantime i just need to um to make sure I've got all my ducks in the row.
0: <laughs> well, and that, that uh, absolutely, we would want that. No, I think that's important. It seems like we are the victim of such lies and deceptions everywhere we turn. Our goal here on the whistleblower report is to bring truth to actually expose the lies and deceptions. Dr. Gilthorpe, your comments on what Headley has had to say.
2: Yes, uh, Dr. Lee, I was just, I was just going to say what, what we do know. I mean, I don't think it's just Microsoft. I think it's big tech in general are behind this, you know, plan for the future technocracy where all data is, is collected and monitored. So just on Thursday last week, I think there was a story released by open democracy, which is a free thinking uh, think tank that the national health service hospitals have been told to share patient data with the us uh, spy tech firm, firm palantir which is peter thiel's uh, company um so as i understand it they, there was a deal done with the british government in 2020 under covid um under the emergency regulations to start giving um patient data from the NHS monitoring app that was being used essentially to track vaccination and people's movements, um, under COVID to Palantir for analysis. And that's now turned into some sort of revolving door where Palantir will now get access to NHS, uh, hospital data under a pilot. Of course it's a pilot scheme just to keep the door revolving. Um, But, you know, this is a real worry now that the the U.K. government is actually selling people's private data off to big tech firms in the U.S. And who knows what that data is going to be used for?
0: Oh, my heavens. And what's the name of the company that they're selling it to? Would you spell Uh, that for our listeners who want to look this up?
2: Palantir or Palantir, P-A-L-I-N-T-I-R. So this is a company that was started by Peter Thiel who's a big uh, investor, friend of Elon Musk, um, friend of Trump. So, you know, fits in with the Republican right-wing side of things. But I think if if you look who's funding many of these initiatives to get sort of more and more big tech control over humanity, a lot of it is coming from... From the side that we would traditionally consider um you know people that stand up for individual freedoms but perhaps that is a bit of a cover for what what they're actually up to is trying to get hold of everyone's data and you know connect us all into a technocratic transhumanist um sort of future agenda where we will be you know locked into the matrix and monitored and jabbed at every opportunity
0: That is, again, very chilling. And it comes back to the things that I've been saying for quite a while. People need to be aware of the seriousness of this and work to disengage from such connectivity to big tech platforms in everything we do and just say no. And that is available. More information on that, which Dr. Gilthorpe just mentioned, is available at opendemocracy.net. We will put that link in the show notes for today. And I want to thank Hedley Reese for your major, major work to expose the devastating damage to quality control in the manufacture of pharmaceuticals, starting particularly with the COVID shots, but also extend into other injectables. And I am sure we will see diminished quality control on many fronts in medicines. And as we wrap up the first segment, Dr. Gilthorpe, did you have a comment? Uh, Yes, Dr. Lee. I I just wanted to ask Headley
2: if he saw anything that really connects back to 2009, because uh, in Europe, that that was when the EMA enabled MRNA or DNA vaccines uh, or DNA therapeutics to be used for vaccination against a, but if it was for an infectious disease, it was then exempt from being classified as a gene therapy. So if you like the, one of the enabling acts behind what we're living through now after COVID-19 jabs were released, it was something that goes back to 2009. And I just wondered if there's anything that he's seen that kind of also fits with that timeline.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jonathan, yes. Um, I've <laughs> I've like all these things, I've looked back in time now, and I the Committee on Advanced Therapies. I mean, I didn't know what they were doing. They seem to have set up all these bodies that have made decisions. Um, and there's I I am with a link now, but there's a um paper that basically addresses advanced therapies and there's been things going on behind the scenes to get these established because basically they haven't been going any. One of the issues is gene therapy, like Novartis' Kimria is a gene therapy for uh, blood cancers, but it's so expensive and it, the, the on cost for the hospital and various other issues is just not selling. So, you know, they've been laying groundwork to be able to get these out there as if it's the next new blockbuster um, uh, that's going to be, you know, available, irrespective of the fact that that they don't work and you can't manufacture them.
2: These are such complicated medicines. the, the, The idea that they're going to work on a grand scale manufactured, you know, a long way away and stored for a long period and then suddenly rolled out to patients and achieve the same therapeutic effect in every single person is, I mean, for me, it's just fantasy.
0: Yeah. Well, it truly is, um, I think, a massive deception unleashed on the world. And I just thank you both for all of your hard work and exposing that as well as all the work Dr. Eden has done. We're going to hear more from Dr. Eden, and Dr. Gilthorpe in the second half coming up next. And Dr. Headley Reese, thank you so much for being with us today. And we'll see you again next week with more updates on all the work that you've been doing. God bless you for your courage and your persistence and dedication.
1: Thanks, Dr. Lee. It's a pleasure.
0: This is Dr. Lee for America. We will be right back after the break. Listen Every day, Monday through Friday, 12 noon and 12 Eastern midnight on AmericaOutloud.com and America Out Loud talk radio. We are archived at truthforhealth.org where you will find many more resources to help you stay healthy, combat the lies and deception and bring hope and help for all that is going on that is assaulting us from all directions. We'll be right back after the break.
1: AmericaOutloud.com If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the
2: pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud talk
0: radio. Liberty and justice for all.
2: You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Hello, everyone. This is Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, U.S. Army and legal grant recipient of the Truth for Health Foundation. I want to give a huge shout out to the Truth for Health Foundation for helping me and my family over the past year with our legal battles. Recently, I was court-martialed for not participating with these experimental COVID-19 emergency use authorized products. If it wasn't for Truth for Health Foundation and all the support, I would definitely be in a worse spot. But because of all the support, I'm able to continue uniform service, fighting for what's right, to protect the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless America.
0: This is Dr. Lee for America. Welcome back for the second half of the Whistleblower Report and today we're going to be hearing in the second half from Dr. Mike Eden about from Rio de Janeiro 1992 to today's digital digital prison and then Dr. Gilthorpe will be weighing in from Sweden on all of this. So Dr. Eden, tell us exactly what you mean by Rio 1992 to digital prison today?
3: So, yeah, no, great question. The uh, I thought of it on the spur of the moment, Rio 1992 to digital prison. And that's because uh, as we as I have gone on uh, through the COVID uh, of a fraud, really, um, starting with uh, you know, a fear campaign and, and ending with people rolling their sleeves up and being genuinely injected with Materials that are not good for them, they're, they're not necessary, they don't work, and they're dangerous. I've started to realize that this is not, this instant isn't just the, the only moment this fraud has come about. And in fact, it goes back a lot further than 1992. But what I can do is just very briefly, um, for those who don't know, uh, I guess the gentle introduction. Um, it, it turns out that there are a group of uh, self appointed elites. Um, very rich people, powerful people, well-connected, uh, who have been steering uh, at least Western civilizations, certainly since the war, uh, since Second World War. But they've been using the United Nations, uh, the World Health Organization, amongst other bodies, in order to bring about, do we say, gradual course corrections of a of a civilization consisting of scores of countries. But it was really with. Uh, everyone getting their arms around the idea that we have a shared responsibility for the blue-green marble, the earth that we live on, um, that they really managed to get, uh, uh, you know, the control on, on all the countries. And with the, the Earth Summit uh, held in Rio in Brazil in 1992, that was really where big movements of the control services, shall we say, of the aeroplanes started to come together. And on that occasion, unknown to us because our wretched, captured politicians didn't bother to tell us, uh, they signed up certainly Britain, certainly America, scores of countries signed up to this Rio Accord which contained uh, a series of grand goals that they would um, impose upon their people. And they sounded quite innocent if you'd only heard the the conclusions or see in the summary, you would think it was quite innocent because it was about decarbonizing our economy, uh, you know, converting from fossil fuels towards more renewables. You've heard all the talk, but do remember this. I'm a biologist. You know this, that we are the carbon that they plan to reduce.
0: Well, you know, you're exactly right. And this whole idea of decarbonizing the natural world that God designed, which is dependent on carbon as the backbone wow. of every biological molecule in our body, it's, it's absurd. And it you're, you're right to call it yeah. out as humans are the very carbon that they actually aim to eliminate. And by starting with fossil fuels, people are going to die because of lack of energy sources.
3: Absolutely right. So just really then, um, we can come in in more detail, detail on another occasion, but once you want to accept this idea that it's important that we, quote, decarbonize our economy, honestly, um, I don't know, 70, 80% of the power that we uh, live and die by comes from you know, gas and coal and oil, um, and it has consequences, but in my view, and I'd be happy to explain on another occasion, the exhaust gases, carbon dioxide and water, are fertilizers for plants. And during my lifetime, born in 1960, the world has become about 20 or 30% greener. Plants grow better in higher CO2 atmospheres. So if anything, we're accidentally uh, fertilizing this very green planet of ours. So just cutting to the chase, if people have, it, have signed up, they've all retired now, the people who signed us up on this, Course that leads to prison and ultimately death in 1992. They've all retired. That's why it was easy for them to do it. But it all comes down through the control measures, including COVID vaccinations. And now, where I'm living in southeast England near Canterbury, um, they are imposing 15 minute cities. And this is just one way of converting those Rio 1992 goals to reality. And let me just tell you what's in the documents for the United Kingdom, where I live, they plan by 2030 that we, the plebs, will no longer be able to fly uh, out of our country. We will also no longer have private cars of any kind, not just not electric ones or petrol ones, no cars. No ships will leave the UK. We can get rid of all that horrible carbon from containerized shipping, no wood burners or gas boilers to be removed by 2025. That's the year after next. No meat, no what? travel. Beyond I mean, your this paperwork. is just
0: staggering. This so, is the UK.
3: That is what that the, the uh, our former Prime Minister Boris Johnson signed us up for this in 2004. I think he was probably Mayor of London at the time under what's called the C4 cities uh, initiative under the UN. Um, And that's it. So we will have no flights, cars, ships, wood burners, gas boilers, meat, or travel beyond our neighborhood at all unless we walk or cycle. And, And the final thing is zero trust. You may, if you haven't heard this phrase, you will. We're moving into a zero trust world where. The, the the computers that run the world will assume that you are a malign person unless you prove you are who you say you are, which means you'll need to have and use a digital ID to move around, to enter or exit any space, to enter or use anything on the internet, including your bank account, your TV or computer. Um, so that that's a very rapid arc from Rio ninety-two. To digital prison, because all that I've been indicating decar- decarbonize zero trust, digital ID. This is stuff you will hear every other week now on your news. And then, as I've mentioned before as a biologist, I know uh, that they have purchased our governments uh, mRNA vaccines, uh, a total of 10 shots each. Well, I'm afraid I know what they're going to do with them if we let them. They're going to inject them into all of us mRNA uh, are intrinsically harmful. Um, So we must not not let them do this. And like I've said, Dr. Lee, for months, do not sign up to anything that looks like a a digital ID. Do not let the executive remove cash. There's no excuse for doing it. And, uh, you know, we should, we will continue to talk every week.
0: You know, I find this absolutely stunning that they are that far along, that in two years, that's 24 months from now, the UK is projecting no air travel, no cars, no, no, no that's, ships, that's, that's, no so wood 20, and no meat.
3: Yeah, 2030 for the, for the overall objectives, but removing wood burners and gas boilers specifically, those two things, 2025, I mean... I looked at my seat and I thought, I'm not going to let them do it. And I bet I won't be alone. You, you try and take my central heating away from me and you're going to have to fight. So, But, yeah, that's what they're saying, that within two years, heating will be removed. And within seven years, you meet, travel, personal transport, ships. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what they're saying. It's, it's just astonishing that I would have said it could not happen, except I watched the world do what it was told over COVID Dr. Lee and that's, that's the frightening thing. People. It is the frightening told.
0: thing. Yes you're absolutely right and even in, in the United States where Americans have had a fighting spirit and the spirit of Americans is generally um, much more towards independent living and independent thinking than than what we've seen in the UK and Americans capitulated just rolled over immediately with Turn the mandates. Off. It, it yeah. was really chilling to see. Dr. Gilthorpe. what are your comments to what Dr. Yeadon has just told us? I find it stunning that in just two years, no central heating in the cold climate, cold, wet, damp climate of England, no central heating, that, that is, that's just simply not feasible. There, you're going to have millions of people die which is uh, their goal. Yeah, I I don't think
2: it is feasible, Dr. Lee. I mean, I I, am aware of the plan and I know this is, you know, the overall goal of Agenda 2030. And prior to that, it was Agenda 21, which I think was agreed in 92 in um, Rio, where what Mike mentioned, um, I just don't, I can't see it's feasible. I mean, even if, if, Well, this idea of electric vehicles, for example, I mean, the UK power infrastructure can't deal with even one tenth of the electric vehicles compared to the uh, petrol diesel vehicles that are on the road at the moment. So uh, I think the technocrats have got completely carried away with their own arrogance. They think they can introduce a system by brute force, um, but in reality though the you know the infrastructure to introduce that system just doesn't exist and even if the west was to build that infrastructure it would take decades uh, not years um and I, I just can't see where are the resources where is the money going to come from to to pay for these things it, it's it's not feasible so it's going to create an enormous stress on society yes and a lot of chaos and and that's one thing that they are planning on because you know, when you have chaos, it's much easier to herd people because they're they're scared, they don't have a centre, um, they don't know where to turn to, and they'll generally do whatever they're told if it means that their next meal is coming. Yes, yeah.
3: no, that's a good point, Jonathan. I, uh, and in fact, Dr. Lee, I would warn the audience, and this is I do this with I do this with some humour. That, that I do think the, uh, the UN, WHO, whatever, will try and spring something frightening upon us. And maybe it'll be another pandemic. We've, we've seen indications of that. I'm only joking, only slightly. If they tell you that aliens have landed, please don't believe them, it would be far too convenient. But honestly, it's something like that. They're going to tell you like H.G. Wells, War of the Worlds. When was that, 1930s? Something like that that they'll try and terrify us with something unbelievable. Don't believe them. It will be lies.
0: Well, I think they are also projecting that they're going to unleash Marburg as another, quote, pandemic, end quote, which it isn't, but they're going to scare people, terrify people with these horrific images, B-roll images from past limited outbreaks will be used on tv showing people bleeding from every orifice trying to scare the public or they're going to use ebola and wasn't there an ebola um coordinator position recently advertised that they're seeking to fill i
2: I don't remember i know
0: that was that was true in the u.s
2: So, so, Jeremy Farrar, who was the head of the Wellcome Trust in the UK and was highly integrated in the Fauci emails and uh, communication between um, NIH and the British government under COVID, he's now moved to a top position in the WHO. And he, I think, together with Chris Whitty, some of the uh, some of the faces in the the pandemic in the UK. Were also involved in one of the later Ebola outbreaks um, early in the 20, 2010s. So that, yeah, I think they're m- moving people into position that have familiarity with these, you know, fairly nasty diseases. But I, I think at the same time, Doctor Lee, I think you know things like Truth for Health, Mike speaking out very uh, often and widely. It is having an effect. I noticed just yesterday, Dr. Tedros had to come out and make a statement, the Director General of the WHO, to say that the um, the world, the pandemic accord, the the pandemic treaty that they're trying to get through, uh, would not give WHO power to dictate policy to any countries. So, um, oh, that's a
0: lie. Yeah, well, he he is just lying to the public. Well, well he's, <laughs> gas, he's
2: gaslighting because actually the pandemic treaty doesn't really give countries the WHO control over countries. It's more to do with distributing vaccines to Africa. But it's these changes to the international health regulations that will come up at a slightly later date. Yes. And, but the fact he's been forced to stand up and say something means that, you know, us coming out and talking about it, saying we know what you're up to. You're not going to get away with it. Um, means that the WHO are having to scramble, uh, and that's good.
0: Well, it is good, but as, as Dr. Eden said, you can't believe a word they say because their, their plan is based upon lies to the public to deceive the public and scare them and give them false reassurance, while over here, on the other hand, they are tightening the vice of control.
2: Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I I'm just trying to say that I think we are having an impact. Uh, it's not that everything is hopeless. Uh, you know, every action we, we make against their plans is positive action. That will mean that they don't work. Basic.
0: You yeah. are so right. That's why all of us are working together to continue fighting against the tyranny Dr. Eden, your comments to what Dr. Gilthorpe's had to say.
3: No, I, I agree with Jonathan, although uh, I do, rationally, uh, I have, I do have a major concern that, you know, powerful, multi-generational, you know, people who've been involved in this for decades, uh, that I presume they wouldn't attempt to try and take over the people of the world if they weren't fairly confident of success. However... Um, I do believe that uh, hubris does mark these people, and uh, a couple of people I know who know a lot lot about artificial intelligence, which I know nothing about, uh, and electronic banking, which I also know nothing about, have have said to me that in order that the real-time control of human transactions involving money... Requires a more advanced technology than currently exists, and so I've heard. I've heard at least two people independently tell me that what they require doesn't yet can't yet work. So we should keep speaking out, uh, and we you know if we need to, I we'll have to call their bluff because they can make some things happen just by saying it, but they can't make moment-to-moment control uh, of spending happen without digital ID and an AI-based, instantaneous um, banking system for spending. And I'm told that is not yet at hand.
2: Yeah, and and widespread rollout of 5G networks, Mike. I I think this is one reason they want to herd us into 15-minute cities, because to put out the infrastructure globally to be able to deal with this um, would be incredibly expensive and take an awful lot of time. Okay, it makes Uh, sense. yeah, yes, I've got exactly a bit right. of an echo.
3: No, that's a, that's a very good point that Jonathan made, that rather than just doing it uh, you know, for the sheer hell of it or to be you know, sadistic, it could be that makes sense to me, what Johnson said, that in order to make uh, uh, the footprints of their instantaneous digital ID and central bank digital currencies work, uh, they, if they restrict the actual physical area over which it was to, needs to happen... And push us in, uh, you know, push ninety percent of us into three percent of the area. Then, yeah, that would probably make it happen. So don't don't let them do it, folks. When you see streets being closed, when you see you know one way systems being put in, you, you need to get to town hall immediately. Recruit people to go down and get these bollards removed before before they become concrete like like the Berlin Wall.
0: Well, that's exactly right. And you know, this ties in when we look at the landmass of the United States, trying to push people into 15-minute cities is harder here than in the UK. But I think the other way that they are trying to accomplish that here in the U.S. is under the CERCLA legislation and the Superfund um, declarations of toxic waste sites with the EPA having total authority to declare a large area, a toxic waste site and uninhabitable that they are clearing people off of farmland and rural areas. And they've already been working for years, confiscating a lot of the open land in the Western states and putting it under federal control, taking it away from state control. So I think the, the two-pronged approach that in the, in the denser cities, pushing people into the, to the 15-minute cities, Cleveland, Ohio, in the U.S., conveniently has stepped up to be the first 15-minute city in the United States at the same time that the EPA is moving in to look at dioxin contamination in the whole area affected by the Ohio train derailment Mm -hmm. and the detonation of the five rail cars of vinyl chloride, creating a massive toxic plume containing dioxins and furans. So there's a multi-pronged approach, which is one of the very concerning things and why, again, we come back to focusing on our efforts to wake people up so they can stand against this tyranny and confiscation of private property. Is that yeah. going on in, in the UK and Sweden?
3: I, I've, not see, I've not seen it yet, but what I can tell you is that the I do think just to pick up Johnson's point about how nothing is happening by chance. So the conflict in Ukraine and the impact on gas supplies to Europe which really for mainland Europe uh, pivots on this Nord stream one pipeline that was allegedly blown up who knows by by Russia or maybe by America um, that uh, you know the, these things uh, are, I, I think are very much linked and what has happened in Britain since I've come home from Florida is that electricity and gas prices have gone up between five and tenfold. Now, luckily, I'm, I'm not poor, so I can afford to pay these absurd bills. But my, my sister, an ordinary lady in her early 60s, says that when these bills come in, she will lose her house within a few months. She said, I do not have enough savings to, be able to pay a 10 times bill. So you can see, Lee, this is another way in which they'll remove boilers by saying, well, you can't afford to run it anyway.
0: Well, that's happening here as well. Electric rates are up. Natural gas rates are up. And all of that has been due to the Biden administration squeezing our energy production by shutting down the Keystone pipeline and making it more difficult for people to get access to inexpensive fuel and to get the work, to heat their homes, uh, to have power for the basic necessity of life. Well, one of the things that we all need to think about as you have heard the warnings from Dr. Eden and Hedley Reese in the UK and Dr. Gilthorpe in Sweden, all of us need to look at the fact that the reality is our lives are not going to be our own going forward unless we take the initiative, get off the couch. Get active and start, as Dr. Eden said in an earlier show hold your hand up, speak out, get involved, go to meetings in your community, and stop these out of control bureaucrats signing away your life, your freedom, and your property. It is up to us. The Department of Defense in the United States has been weaponized against its own military service members. And believe it, America, the citizens are next. So it's up to us. There's no one coming to rescue us. We, the people across the United States and around the world, need to unite and stand strong, just as the Dutch farmers the Canadian truckers, and the citizens in Paris who are revolting against the tyranny imposed on them. This is our life given to us by our creator and our individual mind, our individual freedom to live as our creator calls us in accordance with our view of his purpose for our lives. It is not for government to decide. It is not for Bill Gates to decide. It is not for big tech or big pharma to control your body, your mind, or your ability to move around in this world. Stand up, citizens of the world, and join us at Truth For Health Foundation. Join our crusade. Sign up for our email alerts. Share our whistleblower reports. Join our Faith Over Fear community every Tuesday night, virtual online. Come together in strength, fighting for freedom as given to us by our creator. This is Dr. Lee for America signing off for the Whistleblower Report today. We'll be back again tomorrow, 12 noon, 12 midnight Eastern on America Out Loud Talk Radio, and then archived on truthforhealth.org. We'll see you next time.